Welcome to The Well Woman Show, where we interview women executives, leaders, and entrepreneurs. And you're listening to The Well Woman Show, where motivated women achieve fulfillment and well-being. You're listening to The Well Woman Show. Take time for myself by coming to things like Well Woman Drinks. To be accepting of myself no matter what. Step away from judgment as much as possible. You're listening to The Well Woman Show. Just, you're going to be in for a good ride. I don't regret anything. Everything I've ever done, I've learned from it, one way or another, good or bad. Being a little bit selfish for yourself, you know, put your own oxygen mask on first and then give what's left. I'm a woman. I would prefer to, to tell my own story. My story, though it's very personal, is universal. You're listening to The Well Woman Show. And now your host, Giovanna Rossi. Hi, Giovanna Rossi here, and welcome to another episode of The Well Woman Show, where I interview women leaders, executives, and entrepreneurs about their lives and their road to becoming and being who they are today. Are you at the top of your game professionally, but feeling burned out, or finding it hard to focus on your goals, or unfulfilled personally? Or are you in transition, simply juggling so many things, you find it hard to take care of your own needs? Well, you're not alone. We all need to activate the four universal superpowers— These are the internal strengths and abilities we all already have, but don't use all the time. Superpowers can be cultivated, and they include awareness, intuition, action, and acceptance. Toward the end of the show, in a segment called Superpowers for Success, I ask my guest about her superpowers, and the answers will give you the strength, perspective, and power to live a well-woman life. I'm so happy you're here, so thanks for tuning in. This episode of The Well Woman Show is brought to you by Collective Action Strategies, supporting organizations that support women and families, and by Well Woman Life Movement Challenge Quiz, your resource for living your best life. If you're in burnout or major transition, this is your time to figure out what's holding you back from making the changes you need to make in order to live your fullest, most joyful life. The cause of all of our challenges, personal or professional, can actually be rooted in the lack of internal superpowers and or external supports. Our Well Woman Life Framework tells you which stage of the Well Woman Life Cycle you're in and what to do about it so you can truly live your best life. You can find out more at wellwomanlife.com slash quiz. I'm so thankful for support from Natural Awakenings Magazine in New Mexico, a monthly green healthy lifestyle publication. And for support from High Desert Yoga, promoting optimum physical health, clarity of mind, and spiritual inspiration for all. Hello, hello, and welcome to The Well Woman Show. If you're new here, I want to give you a very warm welcome and uh, definitely let you know that if you are in transition or in burnout or really wanting to improve your leadership or your personal life, or all of the above, you are in the right place. And I want to encourage you to join us in our free Facebook group where we talk about all these topics in more depth and support each other. That's at wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook. And uh, today's topic is how to communicate to show confidence in the workplace. Have you ever said something in a meeting and someone else basically uh, says the exact same thing? and gets credit for it, uh, repeats your idea. And then everyone says, Oh, that's a great idea, Jim. Um, or you keep being interrupted in meetings or discussions. It's time to claim your space. Well, women, 
Stand your ground. Say your piece. We're socialized to politely defer to others because what we're saying couldn't be that important, right? Well, that's wrong. And um, Or we make a statement that sounds like a question. It's so easy to give away our power and confidence. But you know what? It's also easy to claim it. On today's show, we're going to talk about this with my guest, Andy Kramer. And we dig deep into this at the Well Woman Superpower Retreat, which is in September. So if you're interested in that, there's still some tickets left. You need to get on it. You go to wellwomanlife.com slash retreat 2018. And my guest, Andy Kramer, is co-author of the book, Breaking Through Bias, Communication Techniques for Women to Succeed at Work. She's also the co-author of What You Need to Know About Negotiating Compensation, as well as over 150 articles and blog posts on promoting diversity and overcoming gender stereotypes and biases. So on the episode today, we're going to talk about tips on how to avoid being interrupted in meetings and discussions, how to project power by claiming your seat at the table, and how to say no to projects that don't advance your career or don't align with your goals. The free giveaway today is Avoiding Interruptions. It's a tip sheet and it's available at wellwomanlife.com slash 130 show. Now to my interview with Andy Kramer. I'm speaking today with Andy Kramer. Welcome to the program, Andy. Thank you so much. I'm very glad to be here. So I want to start by asking you, we heard in the introduction about your bio and your background, but uh, and we'll get into some of that. But I wanted to ask you, uh, what are you working on and how does it impact women's lives and well-being? Well, I'm working on a second book, which is about women working with women at work and how to uh, overcome some of the negative uh, stereotypes and the biases that work there. And I do a lot of speaking and coaching. uh, And so I spend a very good part of my time on trying to figure out ways to help women advance in gender-biased workplaces, which unfortunately most of them are. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I I think that's something that people sort of know, but like, can we break it down? And what are some of those negative biases that are, that exist still that need to be overcome? Well, one of the things is that, um, Uh, very often people think, well, this has been an issue for so long, it's got to have gotten better. And unfortunately, the, the, the social science research and the academic research shows that that's actually not the case, that we're in some ways going a little bit backwards. But there's a bias that everybody has, which is uh, to um, be uh, what's referred to as affinity bias, which is the the sense of, well, if you're like me, then you're going to be okay. And I'm going to want to have people like me around me. And so obviously in the workplace where uh, even in gender um, mixed organizations, uh, as a general rule, it tends to be men at the top, uh, they tend to favor other men and they don't have a clue that they're doing that. And so that's sort of one of the major biases that affects women at work. Um, another one is the stereo, the gender stereotypes that we have, which 
suggests that men are leaders and assertive and aggressive and unemotional and going to get the job done. And the stereotypes that we hold about women is that we're communal, which comes from the word community, and it means we're concerned about others and and uh, emotional and modest. And so if you put those stereotypes to work in an office setting, in a business, in, a, in any kind of a workplace, the expectation is that the men are the ones who are going to take charge and get things done, and the women are going to be great on the library committee, but not really the one who's making the, the make-it-or-break-it decisions for the organization. And so that's one issue that has to be overcome for women to succeed in in the workplace. And because it's not just men, but women who hold these stereotypes too, then we need to be aware of them and and, and, and be on the lookout, basically. Hmm. And so do you think that the, um, the stereotypes sort of... Uh, basically confer, like confirm or make sort of manifest that behavior to happen. So a woman that wouldn't, would not normally act like that because of the gender stereotypes and the beliefs around her, she does start acting. She, yeah, she, she can hold herself back because she can believe that, well, this isn't really the right um, job for me. This isn't really the right career for me. Uh, I'm not going to raise my hand for this project because maybe it's not really the right project for me. And so women can hold themselves back as well as men and women holding other women back. Uh, And so it is sort of on top of it, you you were suggesting a piece which is really called confirmation bias, which is that other people assume that you're going to be a particular way. And so because of their assumptions, that's what they see so that they confirm what they believe about you and the other parts, the strength that she might have, the confidence that she might have, the competence that she might have. They may overlook that because she comes across as soft-spoken or modest or uh, something that confirms for them, oh, well, obviously she's not the right person for this important project. Okay, so we're talking a lot about gender, which is a social construct. Um, where does biology come into this? Like, what what are the actual biological differences between men and women that might show up? Well, it turns out that there's a big debate raging as between those people who say that it's um, all uh, biological, basically, that it's nature, uh, and the other side, which is that it's all nurture. It's all the way we grow up. Um, My own take on it is that it's probably a combination of both, but a lot of it is really socialization and the social construct. Because if we look at men and women and the characteristics and the behaviors of men and women, if we view it sort of as a bell curve, the curve for women and men kind of overlaps and looks pretty similar. So that we're going to have more men whose behaviors are similar to women, then we're going to have, um, we, then we can have some women being totally unsimilar to other women and uh, some men totally unsimilar to other men. So it's, so it's really um, looking at characteristics and behaviors that we all have, but trying to figure out how to 
use the ones to um, that'll help us advance in our careers. Mm. Okay, so um, the stereotype that that men are, you know, more leaders, they're unemotional, um, and the stereotype that women are more, you know, emotional and collaborative and community oriented. Um, are we actually trying to teach women to be more like men or, or are we saying, you know, be, be who you are and maybe men need to have some, some more of that in them as well? Well, I think that the, it's kind of a combination as well there, because the reality is that, um, I would not be ever suggesting that a woman should be more like a man. She should be more like herself. Mm-hmm. It's just that in situations where we're confronted with people who have fixed habits, stereotypes, biases about how we're supposed to behave, we have to figure out how we can get what we want from them. Mm-hmm. And so we could approach them and say, I am who I am, take me the way I am, and, you know, respect me the way I am. Uh, Or we could say, how can I get what I want from this person? And maybe I'm going to dial up my agentic, or maybe I'm going to dial it down, maybe I'm going to dial up my communal. And so it's really as if you go to your wardrobe in the morning, you open up the closet, and you say, well, today I'm going to a black tie dinner. Well, you'll put something, pull something out of the closet that's different from what you would pull out if you were going to the beach or you were going to, um, you know, a a business meeting or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what do you think about the idea that uh, men could actually do better and and everybody might do better if men uh, also looked at the, you know, array of, of sort of ways that they could behave in the workplace and take on more of the collaborative, maybe quote unquote, feminine characteristics in the workplace. I think it would be fabulous. And there's a lot of talk about how we need to do that and how um, organizations are gearing up to um, try to incorporate more collaboration in the in the um, team structure. And so I'm not suggesting in any way that 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 shouldn't be a two way street Um, in looking at what women can do. It's more of a what can I do today, given the fact that I'm going to be dealing with people who have these biases. And what can I do to advance in my career today? So it's really there's multiple trains leaving the station at the same time. There's what women can do today in a gender biased workplace. There's what organizations need to do to take the bias out of the evaluation process so that women get a fair shake and get evaluated the same, uh, you know, and get the same opportunities as men. And then women, and then men at the same time can be better allies to help women advance, but also to, um, acknowledge the different characteristics that they have and how they can, by being more collaborative, that that could go a long way in, in advancing their, organizations, um, you know, both their, their goals, their, their culture and their bottom line. Mm. Okay. And, um, 
I'm speaking with Andy Kramer. She's the author of Breaking Through Bias, Communication Techniques for Women to Succeed at Work. And I know, Andy, that you have a few tips for us that I'd like to ask you about. Um, you, you talk about verbal and nonverbal communication tips to show confidence and competence in the workplace. Can you share some tips with us? Uh, absolutely. One of the things that um, uh, happens is that when we're feeling uncomfortable, uh, we may not demonstrate the confidence or the uh, competence that we have. And so a number of things can be done from a nonverbal standpoint. Uh, throw your shoulders back. Um stand tall, the kind of things that our mothers probably told us when we were kids about, um, you know, don't slouch. It turns out that what happens is that our uh, physiology actually changes so that if we're standing tall and we're not um, twisted up like a pretzel, uh, what happens is that our testosterone goes up and our cortisol goes down. And so women and men both have testosterone um, and uh, that makes you feel more confident. And uh, cortisol is the fear flight hormone that makes you feel more uh, frightened and anxious. And so by upping the testosterone and downing the, the cortisol, um, it's going to make you feel more confident. Uh, for women in particular, uh, when we go into meetings or we're uh, sitting around a table, uh, very often the men take up a lot of space. And in, in every culture, Somebody who's taken up a lot of space is viewed as an important person. And so women, we're the first ones when the table fills to squish closer together, to offer our seat to somebody who comes in. And so uh, one of the suggestions about showing your confidence and um, uh, claiming your seat at the table is to uh, take up your fair share of space and don't be the first person who gives, gives it up. Um, That's so. such a good one because I think you're so right. I think uh, just in in thinking about not giving up your chair, I think a lot of women would feel like that was rude. Exactly, exactly. And so one of the tricks is to look around and see. Very often the men will have their in the old days they'd have their suit coat on a second chair, but now they might put their jacket or their or their sports coat or you know whatever their their briefcase on uh, on the second chair, their backpack. And so instead of offering to give up your own seat, um, there could be a little uh, gentle pressure put on people who have two seats to give their seat up uh, or um, to suggest that everybody shift down to the left or to the right. So you do it in a way that doesn't put any pressure on the other person to, mm -hmm. to make them feel like they have to, you know, defend their honor. Uh, but there are ways to, to make room for other people without giving up your own space. Yes. And this is such a good tip. And it's so, uh, it can be so subtle, you know, and it can happen in, in a flash of a moment. And you have to be really prepared to, to stand your ground there. Do you have other, I know you have a couple of other tips. Well, uh, one of the other things is that very often um, there's a, a dynamic in conversations where women will be interrupted all the time. 
and they're interrupted by men and women will interrupt other women too, except that women are sort of equal opportunity interrupters will interrupt men and women at about the same rate, but men will interrupt women almost three times the study show three times more often than they interrupt a man. And so what's that all about? Well, sometimes it's about showing who's important or who's powerful. Uh, sometimes it's because the woman might be doing some nonverbal tech, uh, some verbal um, language and, and speech pattern techniques that make her seem less powerful, saying a lot of this may be a dumb idea, but or I'm not sure if this is going to contribute or I came into the meeting late or this might be dumb. The minute a woman does that, she's opening herself up for more interruptions. Uh, so she needs to think about not doing that. Uh, but very often women get interrupted just because we're women. The studies show that um, even on the Supreme Court, um, the women Supreme Court justices get interrupted much more than the, the men do. Uh, and we see that in, in Congress as well. And so what can you do about it? Well, I say something brilliant, and then five minutes later, Fred says exactly the same thing. Very often in a meeting, what happens is everybody stops and applauds Fred and takes out a golden chariot and they carry Fred around. And the woman is sitting there thinking, I said that five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. And instead of just sitting there and thinking, I said this five minutes ago and getting angry, what she should do is she should say, Fred, that was a really good summary of what I said a few minutes ago. Let me elaborate on that point or mm -hmm. something to own her own ideas That's and good. other and other people can help her too so other women in the room could say fred giovanna said that a few minutes ago let's turn back to her and see what she has to say and also our male allies can do that in the room too I absolutely mean, I think, absolutely i think we really have to start looking to you know to they need to be yes. taking responsibility for that as well in fact, a good um, leader of a meeting or, or a conversation would know who said what yeah. and would do that automatically. But in my my career, I'm a lawyer uh, by day, if you will. And um, uh, in uh, 40 years as a lawyer, uh, I have only seen two meeting leaders who actually know how to control the conversation that way and always make sure that everybody gets credit for, for what they said. And they were both men. Hmm. Okay. Before we go on to the other tips, I just want to ask you, I, I feel like this definitely applies in uh, groups of uh, diversity in terms of race, ethnicity, and uh, all, all different, you know, kinds of it does. diversities. And, and mm -hmm. I think even if, if you have a group of women, if you have women, white women and women of color, I, I, I imagine the statistics may be the same, that women of color get interrupted more than the white women. They do. And in fact, uh, one of the, uh, um, my husband and I had written the first book, um, Breaking Through Bias. We're working on a second book about, um, as I mentioned, about women working with women. And, and we've just finished a chapter about the stereotypes and the biases that actually affect the way that white women and black women interact with each other. 
And there is a lot of the um, same situation that black women are interrupted more than uh, and sometimes they're not even given the opportunity to speak. And so that's a a serious problem that uh, women can help each other with and men need to get more involved with. Mm. Okay, great. And do you have other tips for us? Very often, if if somebody does something that's really wacky inappropriate, biased, and we call them on it, the first reaction very often is, I don't know what you're talking about. You're emotional, or you made that up, or obviously you don't have a sense of humor. And so there are, we refer to that as gaslighting, because that's very often um, from the old movie uh, about how people can act as if they didn't do anything inappropriate or say something offensive. And so we've got some tips on how to avoid being gaslit, um, you know, to uh, don't assume that just because the other person is is suggesting that you made a mistake, that you really did misinterpret. Uh, usually your instincts are right. Uh, another key area for women in particular is how do we say no in a way that allows us to still feel like we're um, communal and supportive and moving in the same direction, because okay. it's very hard for that. Yes, I love this one. I talk about this a lot, actually, with the well woman community about saying no. So l- tell me about how do you how do you talk about that? Well, first of all, if 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 um, uh, it, A woman needs to understand, or anybody who has a hard time saying no, needs to think about whether the project is actually something or the the request is actually something that's going to contribute meaningfully to their career. So that very often what happens, women in particular and black women as well, um, in some ways even more so, get assigned a lot of work in the workplace that doesn't count for the bottom line, that you're the one who's good at um, planning the birthday party. So you'll, you'll be the one who makes that happen. Or you're the one who, you, women tend to be told all the time, we take such beautiful notes that we should be the ones who take the notes at the meeting. And so if, it, if we're getting asked to do all of these things, which may be valuable, but may not advance our career and the men who we're going to be compared against for compensation and promotion are not being asked to do these things, then we need to figure out ways to say no. And one trick that um, is very effective is if somebody's asking you to do something and it's more than just a couple of minutes, um, instead of saying yes right away, which is what her instinct might be, that maybe she should say something like, I'll have to get back to you. Or I, I don't think I've got a, my plates full, but you know, I'll, I'll circle back. Something to give her a chance to break the cycle of saying yes immediately. Mm-hmm. She would not want to lead the other person on to believe that she's going to do it and then come back to them the next morning and say, can't help you. Obviously, that would be a mistake. Uh, but just sometimes just severing that immediate re- reaction of wanting to be helpful mm-hmm. can make all the difference in the world. Yeah, buy, buy yourself some time so you can think it through and really give a more thorough answer. Mm-hmm. 
that's what you need to do. And even just a minute can be enough to give you the power, the strength to to remind yourself, is this going to be a project that's going to advance my career or is this really something that I, it, somebody else, it's somebody else's turn. Yeah. And I think we can apply that to all areas of our lives. I, I certainly talk about it that way in terms of, you know, is, is this going, is, does this help me meet my goals personally, professionally right. or mm-hmm. whatever? And, um, or is this going to, you know, lead me into burnout, which mm-hmm. so often happens because we overcommit and we say yes to everything. Right. And, and then we're working on things that are irrelevant to either our personal goals or to our careers or to you know, just things that somebody else can do. It, yeah. it isn't, you don't have to be the one who always, who always does the work that nobody else wants to do. The Well Woman Show today is brought to you by Well Woman Life Superpower Retreat, September 9th in New Mexico. Learn about the four stages of a Well Woman Life cycle and how to recognize which one you're in. Grow your network of support by meeting and collaborating with other women looking to achieve their highest level of success. Explore the superpowers needed to thrive in every stage. And learn how to apply a simple framework to your personal and professional life so you leave with clarity and confidence to achieve your goals. You'll leave with an articulated vision for your life, an understanding of your unique superpowers, and tools to address the challenges in your personal and professional life. You definitely want to check this out at wellwomanlife.com slash retreat 2018. Okay, and we're going to move into the superpowers for success segment here. Andy, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. those tips. Um, I also am interested, though, before we do that, in your uh, serving as the board chair of the Women's Leadership and Mentoring Alliance. Can you talk about what that is? Yes. Um, about uh, t- 10, 11 years ago, a group of women we were at a women's leadership event and what we realized was that there aren't enough senior women at the top of different organizations uh, that even if all senior women wanted to be mentors and sponsors for junior women, there weren't enough of us. And so we started, uh, three of us started Wilma, the Women's Leadership and Mentoring Alliance. And what it is, is it's an organization that um, do, tries to provide leadership opportunities for women, as well as uh, a mentorship program where we handpick mentors to go with mentees, which is very different from the way that most mentorship organizations are just kind of randomly assign people. And we try to handpick people that are going to have something to bring to the other person. Uh, and we do six month programs and we've done some very successful ones in Chicago. And uh, last year we did one in DC where we had 50 mentor mentee pairs. Uh, And so um, it it provides women in other organizations an opportunity to senior women to work with junior women. And what we find is that it really benefits both parties because Mm -hmm. everybody learns from each other. 
And where is this based, or is it? Well, we're 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 in Chicago, except that we've got um, uh, group as groups, and we've done um, uh, uh, programs in LA and New York and Washington D.C. as well as Chicago. Cool. Okay, we'll link to that in the show notes too. Um, and Andy, we're going into the segment called Superpowers for Success. So I want to ask you a few questions here Sure. to wrap up the show. Um, what does success in life mean for you? Well, for me, I think it probably means an opportunity to um, follow my passions, which are helping women in, 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 in various sorts of ways. So the stuff that we've already talked about is part of it. But I um, uh, I have a jewelry business where I make uh, jewelry for um, and the the proceeds and profits go to to charities that help women and children, and so it's a way of getting my left brain and my right brain active in and I try to source beads from women or beads that are are um, uh, made by uh, women. Uh, so, uh, that's a, a fun thing that I, if I can do, if I can, if I can do beads and, um, work on my book or do a speech or something, that's, that's really success for me. Hmm. Okay. And then do you also have a law practice? You said you still have a law practice? I do. I do. Yeah. That's my day job. Wow. So that's a lot. Do you have a personal life? <laughs> yes, I do. Um, in fact, uh, my uh, husband and I just rescued our third dog on Sunday. So we have three rescue dogs and four rescue cats, as well as a child. Our daughter's just finished medical school. Uh, and um, so, yeah, we we uh, uh, I'd say I do. Oh, we just got a new rescue dog a few weeks ago. Oh. Okay. Yeah, and I have little kids, so they're they're just in heaven. They love having a new puppy around. Absolutely. How old is the pup? Well, he's a uh, she is a year, so okay. she's not okay. brand new, not brand new, that's, but definitely still a puppy. The one we rescued, he he's a he's a year old as well, so oh. he knows how to at least sit. And our other dogs are older, and they're thinking, "What is going on here?" <laughs> right. <laughs> At least your kids are like, oh, wow, something to play with. Yeah, they love it. So, Andy, when did you know that you were really good at what you do? When I actually could see some tangible results. When people started to say to me the the self evaluation do's and don'ts that you that I wrote up um, uh, have helped me get a promotion or helped me get a, a raise or or whatnot, um, uh, that's that's really when I when I could tell mm, I think I got this figured out. Yeah. So I mean, that's definitely something that we all look for is that external validation or those tangible results, like you said. Um, and I also think that we have there. There's a time when we just know <clears throat> internally it, within ourselves that like we, we've really got this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When, when did that happen for you? Well, it probably started when I served on my uh, law firm's um, compensation committee. The very first. 
um, week when I was looking at self-evaluations and I could see that the ones that were written by men talked about how great they were and how they rescued damsels in distress and how they single-handedly saved the client half a billion dollars. And the woman who had come up with the project, um, the solution to the project that saved the client the half a billion dollars, wrote her self-evaluation talking about how she was part of the ABC team and list out the names of the 10 people on the team and how um, they collectively saved the client the half a half a billion dollars and the men were making a lot more money than the women. And I'm like, what is going on here? Mm. What it was, was it was really just that the women feel were trained to be modest, were trained because of the stereotypes and the biases to be um, not claiming our fair share. And so that's really when that was my aha moment when I said, I got it. I have to do something about this. Oh, interesting. So you were working in your capacity as a lawyer when when all of this happened and you you decided yes. I need to do something here. Oh, wow. Okay, and Andy, describe a personal habit that contributes to your well-being. Well, you jokingly asked about my personal life and I guess a personal habit that does contribute to my well-being is I don't watch television. Mm. So I don't, I don't watch television. I listen to books on tape. I read, I read as much as I can, but during the day I read sometimes a thousand pages for, for work anyway. So uh, listening to books on tape has been um, a way of, um, you know, contributing to my well-being. Mm. Yeah, that's great. And um, it provides a sort of a meditative state, I think, when you're, you're just, in the zone and when you've just got the audio going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, what superpower did you discover you had only to realize it was there all the time? Oh, that's a good one. I, I, I think um, that it might be the um, uh, getting things done that I, I being focused and not easily distracted. Um, I always, I never really could figure out how I would get stuff done and what it was. And I thought, oh, well, it's got to be because I'm working too, so hard or I'm, you know, whatever. And I realized, no, it's just that you just, if you can just stay focused on what it is that you're trying to accomplish and you're not going to be easily distracted, then actually that's, that's a pretty special superpower. Mm, yeah. And what advice would you give your younger self, say, 20 years ago? I think that I would say don't take yourself too seriously and laugh. A coping sense of humor can go a very long way. Mm. And I think that all of our younger selves could benefit from knowing that perfection is overrated we don't need to take everything so to perfection so seriously. And if we can laugh at things that are, you know, unpleasant things that are thrown at us, not 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 goofy laugh or not be a stand-up comic, but just get some resilience in having a sense of humor, that that would go a very long way. Awesome. That's great. Um, do you identify as a feminist? 
Yeah, absolutely. I certainly do. I don't view it as a bad word. I think it's a wonderful word, and I think that it's gotten a bad rap lately. But yes, I would clearly call myself a feminist, and I would call my husband a feminist as well. And what does that mean to you? That means that women should get equal opportunities. We should get paid, be paid the same for what we do. We should be um, treated to um, the same with the same seriousness. Uh, as men do, that um, uh, medical studies should study women as well as men, uh, that we should uh, use the baseline as people, not just men. And that's really how what I view being a feminist is. And I love that you include your husband in that, because I think we do need to be thinking of about men as feminists as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, last question for you. Um, what are you reading right now? I know you said you listen to a lot of books um, on tape. What what are you listening to? Okay. Well, I alternate between uh, sort of serious history books and um, mostly mystery things. And uh, just finishing up, uh, uh, Deanna Rayburn uh, has a Victoria Speedwell series. And I, I didn't realize this, that uh, she, I think she's some sort of a romance writer, but that's not the series that, um, uh, the Victoria Speedwell series is about a very independent woman in the 1860s who solves mysteries and our daughter had uh, bought these um, there's a trilogy that she had bought for us for the holidays and so I was just um, we were just finishing up the third of the of the series and apparently I, I I looked last night and there's a fourth one that came out in or is going to come out next year if it's not out yet cool. so there it's a lot of fun and yeah. uh and she's a, a total feminist in the 1860s. So Okay, cool. We'll also link to that in the show notes. We love collecting book recommendations. Um, Andy, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Well, thank you so much. I've, uh, I've really enjoyed talking with you. That's it for our show today. Remember, if you need support to live your well-woman life, head over to wellwomanlife.com slash Facebook to join us. Our monthly live event, Well Women Drinks, brings women together to share our successes and challenges as women, leaders, moms, aunts, sisters, and all the other roles we carry. If you'd like to attend a Well Women Drinks near you, or if there isn't one in your city yet and you'd like to start one, email info at wellwomanlife.com. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment and subscribe in iTunes and leave a review. This helps raise visibility, which is super helpful when it comes to producing the show every week. For feedback, comments, or just to let me know you were listening today, find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Well Woman Life. I'm Giovanna Rossi for The Well Woman Show. Until next time, have a super powerful week. Mm-hmm.